There's a guy on this Minnesota Vikings roster that will be wearing number 71 this year, and his goal is to be like the left tackle that now plays in San Francisco, which his name is Trent Williams. Jalen Twyman really intrigues me on the interior rusher because that was something that has been a point of focus for the past couple of seasons after, after Sheldon Richardson left. What's up, Vikings fans? Welcome to episode number 94 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. The Vikings draft is over. 11 picks are done, and it is Thursday, May 6th, and we are recapping as the dust has settled from the Vikings' 11 draft picks that were made last weekend. We have an absolutely jam-packed show today. We have Vikings senior editor and staff writer Craig Peters joining the show He handled all of the editorial coverage throughout the weekend as well as covering all of the undrafted free agents that were just signed by the team, including a very familiar face, a Zilstra brother from Minnesota State Mankato and a local um, of, of Minnesota, of course. So we'll get all the know from everything going on from the Vikings draft class to the Vikings undrafted class from Vikings senior editor Craig Peters. But with that, I bring in Vikings.com's Gabe Henderson, as well as the man behind the Minnesota Vikings podcast, Jay Nelson. What is going on, Gabe? How are we doing? Have we recovered and gotten some sleep uh, from that long weekend during the Vikings draft? Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm waiting to get my sleep this weekend. I feel like after the draft, it was all draft recaps. I mean, after, you know, I think, you know, after that Saturday, I mean, you're waiting on undrafted free agents to get signed and then you're waiting on, you know, the actual draft uh, post shows. So like now that's out of the way. Now we're doing MVP. We got Vantage tomorrow. And then I'll finally get a chance to take a break. But I'm excited, man. I'm, it's, this is like I always say, this is what we sign up for. So you just embrace being tired. It was a crazy weekend. We we covered just about every single aspect on the Vikings platforms. Gabe talked to all 11 Vikings draft picks. Uh, really interesting draft for the Vikings. We're going to cover it all on this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We're starting it off, Jay, with some draft grades. You went through and accumulated just about every single draft grade on the internet, whether it was CBS Sports, Sporting News, Pro Football Focus. It seems like a lot of these experts, Jay, like what the Vikings did on draft night. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting to see what they say because sometimes it's a little bit of a prisoner of the moment um, when you're just looking at what everyone thought were going to be top-tier prospects and just to see what teams did to not only address their needs but also to focus on what they're trying to do against the rest of the league and just trying to either keep up or, or leap ahead. So um, it's the way too early 2021 draft grades. And I went through and found a bunch of places like CBS Sports Network, NFL.com, Sporting News, Pro Football Focus. Everybody always has an opinion on this stuff. Everyone wants the knee-jerk reaction. And um, at least w- with what they had to say, it seemed like it was fairly positive across the board. There were some people that that kind of criticized where we took certain people and how they kind of thought maybe they were around too early. But as we always know in this league, it it always turns into you can feel that way, but sometimes you just got to go get the people that you want. So it's interesting to see how they broke it down here for the uh, 2021 way too early draft grades. Hey, I'm I'm looking at the, uh, the draft grade that you put in this document from USA Today. Nate Davis gave us a C. Like pretty much everyone else gave us like an A or a B plus, but Oh my gosh! And his, I guess his reasoning 
he's I guess he's saying we should have took a defensive end, but I'm like, dude, we addressed the defense in free agency, so hey, you always get those those grades. I mean, I know nobody's perfect, but that that was interesting to see. I mean, at least a C plus, but a C. And that's the thing is, and we can break it down a little bit further here, but but looking at that, I think some of it too is the writers kind of have their idea of what they think we should do. Mm-hmm. And then when it, we do what we do and they start looking at it, it's like, well, it's not really what I said for the last three months. <laughs> so now I got to knock them a couple grades just to make myself feel a little bit better. But, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff, everyone's got their opinions and that's why it's always interesting to see a little bit of a breakdown. So Chris, if you want to dig through some of it, feel free and uh, we can just talk about it a little bit here. Well, thanks to Gabe, we're going to start from the bottom <laughs> with <laughs> Nate Davis at C. I actually like that. Let's start at the bottom and move on up because there are a lot of good draft uh, grades that we got here, including a great draft grade from Pete Prisco. Uh, you got to love to see a, an A from him. Um, let's look at Nate Davis. Like, like Gabe said, it's a C grade that we get and – just like you said, Gabe, he says, can't argue with left tackle Christian Darasaw in round one, but they lost their second rounder in last year's deal with Unique Ngakwe. Despite Mike Zimmer deeming last year's defense the worst he's ever fielded in his lengthy NFL career. So clearly he wanted us to go with a defensive end uh, with that first round draft pick, which Obviously, it didn't happen. I think a lot of Vikings fans would agree that the left tackle position is just about as important of a position that the Vikings could have addressed early on in this draft. It's not the flashy move. It's not the quarterback, Justin Fields, uh, to to trade up like the Bears were able to do. But uh, I, I just don't see how you give a C grade when you address one of the biggest needs in the draft. You also added a, a pick um, when you traded back with the New York Jets, and you got the player that you wanted at the 14th overall pick at number 23. So it's a C grade is, is a tough one um, from Nate Davis at USA Today. But uh, Danny Kelly at the ringer gives us a B-. minus. I like that the Vikings were able to trade back in the first round and still take Darasaw, one of the top-ranked tackles on the board. I also like the Chaz Surratt pick as he's an ascending playmaker who's new to the linebacker position but has already shown excellent instincts. So, Gabe, what do you think about that? I mean, he's given us a B-. minus. He's not really putting us down, and he gave a lot of love to Chaz Surratt, who I know is your guy uh, from North Carolina. Yeah, my guy that had Bojangles at his draft party. That's why he's probably my favorite player, Love simply it. because of his similar taste buds, similar to mine's. But, um, I mean, a guy like Danny Kelly said, I mean, he liked Wangu, he liked Smith-Marset, and, and uh, Zach Davis, in which they all could be surprises with their high and athletic traits. So a B-minus after saying all of that, it's just like, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad it's not a C, but giving us all this praise, you would think it would be a little bit higher than that. But I mean, I, I think, I think all of his comments are warranted there. I think it's always interesting with this stuff too, is yeah, you get the two days later, given your opinion, mm-hmm. but then I think you, you go back like two years later and a lot of times they're like, yeah, that, that was actually kind of okay. You know, like you always want to praise the stuff that works out well, but when it comes to these, that's why I say it's way too early. Cause a lot right. of times it's the knee jerk stuff, but it, it, I understand where these guys are coming from. Like everyone's looking at him saying, you got to do a story. And when it comes to some of these players, I think there's for us internally working on some of the stuff and paying attention to some of these guys. And then all of a sudden the draft hits and we're having to go through and do some digging. I know this is kind of their life in a lot of instances, but at the same point, like they can't know 
11 picks for the Vikings yeah. out of out of an entire draft weekend and know every single thing about them. So I think for a lot of them, they're just kind of looking at two saying, well, this may work out, it may not, but uh, we'll see what happens. There was one more uh, expert out there that had us not ranked in the highest regards. It's Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports. He has us at 15th out of 32 is how he ranked it. Um, he says, Texas A&M's Kellen Mond was our sixth quarterback, and like the Vikings, we had him as an early third rounder. Mond was a lot of fun to watch in 2020 and made huge strides his senior season. So um, they liked that pick. They also liked the value of the Ohio State Wyatt Davis pick um, later on in the draft. That is their best value pick for the Vikings, but clearly as a whole, they didn't love everything that the Vikings did in the draft. But with that being said, after those three experts, we have a few experts who really loved what the Vikings did. And then and it starts with Pro Football Focus, who gave us a B-plus in the draft. Again, trading back from number 14 and still securing a Christian Darasaw, a top 15 prospect on PFF's big board. I mean, Gabe, when you hear that, he was a top 15 prospect overall on the PFF board. And we traded back with the Jets, added a third-round pick, and we're still able to get him at that spot later on in the first round. I mean, that's got to be positive when you hear Pro Football Focus giving him a grade of that magnitude, top 15 out of all the overall prospects. Yeah, and, and I think it just shows how brilliant a guy like Rick Spillman is to be able to trade back, acquire picks, and still gamble on a guy like Christian Darisol and still get a guy that ends up there. Clearly, you know, some of those teams in between, um, between the 14th and 23rd spot, they didn't need a left tackle. So, it, you know, if the guy fell to us, I mean, Christian Darisol, I think he's a, a still of the draft. He's a plug and play guy right away. And um, I think Minnesota Vikings fans will be a happy to see uh, what he does for this Minnesota Vikings team. I like Christian Darisol for, for another reason. I like him more importantly, because for his um, tour of TCO the day after he got drafted, instead of showing up in a suit and tie and a three-piece, he had on a hoodie, some basketball shorts, and some flip-flops. And I said, okay, this guy wants to play. Like, he doesn't care about the the nice, fancy stuff. Like, the guy just wants to put on pads, shoulder pads, um, a helmet, and just get out there and ball. So his Instagram name is Big Dog Christian. And I feel like we're getting a big dog in this offensive line, and, and that's a still – Uh, for this Minnesota Vikings team trading back from 14 to 23. One of the things that uh, people were also looking at, too, was saying, well, you gambled and you took this drop nine picks, but you still got Darisaw and you're kind of lucky. Like you said, Gabe, I think it's a little bit more savvy than that. And I think part of that is if you really look at what that trade turned into, it turned into Darisaw, Davis, and Kellen Mond for us. Mm -hmm. And for them, they took Elijah Vera Tucker and traded the second pick. So, like, it, from everything that everyone's been looking at and giving us praises for being able to grab some of these picks, it's those kind of kind of moves, whether you want to call it a gamble or not, or a, an educated guess, like that's the kind of stuff that, that makes sense. And I think for all the, the hand wringing and teeth gnashing that happens at times from fans, when they see that move, they're like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this again? It's because of potentially being able to grab, you know, some players that could potentially be long-term solutions for the future, especially in offense. Um, I just think it made all the sense in the world and, and looking back on it. Yeah. It's hindsight, but it was a very savvy move and hopefully it uh, pans out here over the next uh, five to 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, when you talk to any of these experts and Gabe, you've done a great job talking to most of the draft experts throughout 
our coverage leading up to the draft and then even uh, talking to a Charles Davis uh, the other day this week and, and just hearing what these guys have to say about Darisaw and what he brings to the table, not allowing one sack um, in last season for Virginia Tech uh, to the quarterback position. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for a big-bodied left tackle who can come in and protect Kirk Cousins. That's what, what, what literally what was missing on the Vikings offense last year. We had yeah. the two wide receivers. We have the best running back in the NFL. We have up-and-coming tight ends who are – I mean, Irv Smith was one of the best players on the Vikings offense the last couple games of the season. What else do we need? We need a left tackle. And why not have a left tackle that fits the offense? I mean, he ran the same exact offensive scheme in college. So he's a plug-and-play guy. And in talking to Brian Billick earlier this week, he's, he mimicked the same thing. He said, uh, well, when we talked to him in March, he predicted that the Vikings should trade back and they could still get a lot of value for their pick if they selected a guy in Christian Darisaw. And we did the exact thing that he said. So having a guy that you don't have to – uh, teach him certain steps or teach him, hey, on this step, you got to get up to, to the second level and pin the linebacker. Like he's already done it for for three or four years at Virginia Tech. So uh, you would think once he gets the playbook down packed, uh, everything else from there is going to be seamless and effortless. And I, I think he'll be a Viking for, for a long time. We're on to the positive grades. Uh, we had three A's, Jay. Three A's were given to the Vikings uh, for their draft picks. 11 selections made. We'll start with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, he had us as an A and number two behind the Miami Dolphins overall. He says, count on GM Rick Spielman to come through in both rebuilding and reloading mode with a boatload of picks. Darisaw and Davis should start on the left side of their offensive line. Former college teammates Jones and Twyman were absolute steals for the two key front four positions, uh, both players out of the University of Pittsburgh. And Kellen Mond is a savvy stash behind Kirk Cousins. Surratt is a fine contingency for Anthony Barr, and Bynum could start and play safety soon. They also managed to add good offensive skill depth everywhere. Clearly, Vinny Iyer is pretty high on what we did, Jay. Yeah, it's always nice to hear that. You know, I'm, I, that's just kind of what a lot of people, at least internally, are feeling too. I think, um, you know, could have said any better. It's nice to see he kind of had us number two behind Miami. You know, there were a lot of positives that happened down in Miami too, with a lot of top tier talent. And so, uh, if if Vinny's on on board here. Uh, hopefully it pans out the way that he's looking at it because I think we're kind of feeling the same way too. Next up is NFL.com's Chad Reuter. Uh, really interesting uh, article on NFL.com. He gave us an A as well. The Vikings addressed their need at left tackle in Darisaw and picked up two third rounders while giving up a fourth in a savvy first round trade with the New York Jets. Mon provides much-needed depth behind Kirk Cousins. Minnesota did well with the other three third-round picks. Surratt serves as a fine replacement for Eric Wilson. Davis is a sturdy guard the team hopes and steadies the O-line. And Jones provides strength off the edge out of the University of Pittsburgh. So uh, pretty much echoing exactly what Vinny Iyer said, Gabe. Yeah, um, all three of those picks were, were solid picks. And um, I know we were talking about – Chaz Surratt and his draft draft day party, but I mean he does fill in great for a guy like Eric Wilson. I mean I think a guy like Nick Vigil will come in and probably play right away, but he has the opportunity to learn from a, a Nick Vigil and an Eric Kendricks and an Anthony Barr and Troy Die, um, and it, it, he's just so smart 
too. He he played quarterback in college, so he already understands the game in totality. So being the quarterback of the defense now and understanding how to play at the NFL level, I think he's going to have the, the best seat in the house when it comes to the linebacker room because he gets to learn from some all pros and pretty much put that into his game and then become, you know, a, a day, maybe a year two or year three starter for this Minnesota Vikings team. I saved the best for last. It's Pete Prisco from CBS Sports Network. He gave us an A, guys. I have had the good uh, job of tracking the power rankings each week on Vikings.com throughout the past probably five or so seasons uh, that, that I've been working for the Vikings. And normally Pete Prisco is very down on where we stand in the league, whether we're playing well or playing not well. He's very hard on us when we're not well. He's hard on us when we are playing well. So the fact that he gave us an A um, for our for our draft is – I'm, I'm shocked, Jay. I'm absolutely shocked. Pete definitely uh, gives his opinions all across the league on this kind of stuff, and we were f- tracking him all offseason um, and just what he was predicting for us too. And so for – Pete has been paying attention to this team. He's been having to go through and, and really try and dig into what we needed. And the fact that uh, he was as happy as he was, you know, with the skinny, he just said they had a lot of picks by virtue of trading down. They landed a lot of good players. Rick Spielman and gang had three really good days. They fixed the offensive line with Darrison Wyatt Davis and added some defensive talent in the later rounds. So keep an eye on the sixth round pick Jalen Twyman. I just think, Pete's looking at this in totality, knowing what we needed and all of his discussions were always, they need O-line, they need an edge rusher, and they need to fix the defensive line. And uh, it just feels like, to me, he was really, really happy with what we ended up doing. One of the biggest things I think that we were missing last year was just big men (laughs) on both sides of the offense and defensive line. And that take is from none other than Ben Lieber, who joined us uh, on this very show during day two of the NFL draft. And I I love the take from Ben, because when you look at what happened to the Vikings last year, and you look at the injuries that occurred early on in the season, you lose an Anthony Barr, you lose a Daniil Hunter, Michael Pierce opts out. You don't have all the pass rushers that you had in years past with a Everson Griffin or a Linval Joseph in the middle of the defensive line. And then on the offensive line, obviously you, you were just missing that one big left tackle, um, big time player at that position. And you did miss um, some of that size at the guard position as well. It seems like we've done everything to address that on both sides of the ball throughout free agency and through the draft, Jay. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you really look at it, Riley Reef did a good job last season at left tackle. It wasn't something where the left tackle position was was a giant glaring need, but it was for the future. And I think that's the thing is we felt like Riley played just outstanding last year uh, for what what we asked him to do and he's since moved on and he's got another contract and that's awesome for him. But I think fans really have been, been clamoring for a solution moving forward for multiple years. You know, Corso going into this stuff kind of tongue in cheek, you're just like, go get a wide receiver in the first round. And when it comes to being able to grab linemen and those kind of things, it's not usually a sexy pick, but for fans who've been clamoring for years at this point saying we need to add more, we need to add more. Well, at least what four out of five players have been in the first two rounds for for the offensive line. And and you're, you're, really making an effort to address these issues long-term and you're hoping that it sticks because Brian O'Neill and, and um, Ezra Cleveland 
and even Garrett Bradbury, like we've been adding a bunch of these different players in here, hoping that this works because when it does, it's something then you can turn around and focus on those other areas moving forward. So hopefully between the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen that we've just added, um, it's going to be something that we can, we can guarantee and bank on and then be able to use it for these other skill players that can really become deadly daggers for us. Yeah, and to your point, Jay, uh, like you said, Riley Reef, um, it's it's just a part of the business. It's just the fact that the NFL, it's all about a, a younger league. What can we do? What what acquisitions can we make to stay young? To to help you know allocate some of our resources. And and when you look at a guy like um, Christian Darisaw, he he just fits. Like I've been saying this entire podcast, and it's like you know we knew we were going to have to address this situation with Riley Reef at some point. Um, it, it's good that it was a. Uh, uh, a, a healthy breakup, but at the same time, I think Vikings fans are excited with um, a, a guy like Christian Darisaw and what he can bring to this team because he he has a lot of energy. And just working in Washington, there was this guy that wore number seventy one and he played left tackle. And um, just looking at him in his pads, there's a guy on this Minnesota Vikings roster that will be wearing number seventy one this year that's playing left tackle and his goal is to be like the left tackle that now plays in San Francisco, which his name is Trent Williams. So Christian Darisaw, his goal is to be a Trent Williams one day. He has the same number. Um, that's the guy he looked up to. It's big shoes to fill. Um, you, you can't just say you you look up to, to Trent Williams and, and not live up to that hype because Trent Williams is a generational t- uh, left tackle. So for, for Vikings fans hearing something like that, I, I think that that makes you lick your chops. How about a little Trent Williams comparison from Gabe uh, just a few <laughs> days after the draft? I love that. He's, hey, Christian Darisol <laughs> said it, not me. Oh, he said it. No, that's I'll, – I'll take it, man. That's – what a player to look up to. What a player to model your game after. And I see the similarities when it comes to the size. It's 6'5". 320, I believe. 320 and flip-flops and, and a hoodie coming in the day after the draft. <laughs> You gotta love it if you're a Vikings fan. You have to be excited. Um, adding for, adding the need that you guys have asked for, the need that you guys have commented on social media about and tweeted about. That is what Rick Spielman did. That is what was addressed. And then obviously the Wyatt Davis pick out of Ohio State later on um, in the draft. I didn't even know that he was still on the board when the Vikings took him. I think I texted Jay right away and I was like, "Man, I absolutely love this pick." I watched a lot of Ohio State games last year. I know what their offense did. I know uh, how great he was in the interior and what he was able to do in the running game. So uh, I think that's a very underrated pick as well. Um, and with my underrated pick, I want to hear both of your guys' your guys's underrated picks as well. So, um, Gabe, who was your number one uh, underrated player that the Vikings were able to add out of these 11 picks? I think it's generic, but it's honest. Wyatt Davis. Um, Ron and I, when we were watching the draft um, on draft night, well, I guess day two, we were just like, dude, how was Wyatt Davis still on the board? Like we just kept. I dis- couldn't believe it. We just kept discussing it, and we knew we needed a left guard, but we just figured he would be gone by the time you know, early second round or early third round. I'm just like, how is this guy still on the board? So when we selected him with our pick in the third round, I was like. Oh my gosh! Like this is happening, and then I saw the the Minnesota Vikings uh, tweet from their Twitter account. Psst, we just signed a guard. I was like, okay, like you you guys are being petty now, but we we have every right to back, brag about a guy like Wyatt Davis who has played meaningful snaps. And of course, last year was an up and down year, but he was 
he, he was injured most of the year. I mean, he played through, he played and battled through injuries and still was out there with his guy. So give him a, a healthy offseason. I think he's going to compete for for a starting job on that Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Yeah, I really do too. And I'm probably a victim of being a big-name school prospect guy. I absolutely watch a lot of the big games. I watch a lot of the SEC, a lot of the Big Ten. Uh, moving to Minnesota definitely got me more involved in watching Big Ten football. And I have to say, um, what Ohio State was able to do on the offensive side of the ball last year in the running game and, of course, behind Justin Fields in the passing game. Wyatt Davis had a lot to do with that. So um, with that being said, Jay, what is your underrated pick for the Vikings? Is it Wyatt Davis as well? I like Wyatt Davis a lot. I think it's a, a super awesome and savvy pick. But I'm since you guys jumped on that bandwagon, I'm jumping on a little bit of a different one. I kind of want to be the homer and, and basically say the entire fourth round <laughs> just because of the, the amount of value that they got out of there. But if I got to pick somebody out of that one, I'm I'm really excited by what I'm hearing from a lot of different people about the Janarius Robinson yeah. pick. Um, I think he is potentially a steal at defensive end. I know uh, Bursich was super, super high on him, basically saying that that is his favorite pick of the entire draft for us because of what he potentially could mean. Um, being six foot five, 263 pounds with 35 and a quarter inch arms, like that is a big, big boy. And he's a fifth year senior too. So he's coming in basically fully grown, fully developed. And he's got speed. And that was the thing that Bursich really loved about him was his, his jump off the line. And it just kind of feels like, yeah, we we were a little thin at edge rusher last year. And if you're able to bring in a, a Daniil Hunter and then be able to possibly rotate, you know, he and, and Wanham, and you're able to rotate in, you know, Patrick Jones the second as well, those three guys and be able to kind of figure out who fits or able be able to, as he said, platoon those guys and keep them fresh. I think it, there is a chance there that you potentially have four really, really good edge rushers from these last uh, couple of drafts. And, and I think that could make an absolute monstrous difference, especially adding in those defensive tackle talent that they have and brought in in free agency in the draft. Yeah, he's he's so aggressive. If you if you watch his tape, he uses all of his size to his ability. I mean, that 35 and a, fourth and a quarter inch arms, like that's a 7-2 wingspan. And I remember asking Rick about that, and, I, and he basically said, like, you can't coach that. And putting him with a guy like Andre Patterson, who knows technique, who knows how to get the best out of defensive linemen, we, we got a good guy here. And, I mean, the sacks, you can say, okay, he only had three sacks in his college career, but he actually had three different coaches in his college career also. I mean, that, that plays a huge effect on somebody's development, no matter the position, no matter who you are. So the fact that he's here now with a defensive guru um, – I'm I'm excited, man, because if you watch his tape or if you just talk to him or see him, like he's a grown man at the age of 21, 22. And um, if, if he gets it, if he gets it, it's going to be hard for uh, somebody to beat him out of whatever spot he is on his defensive line. Not to bring up our interview with Andre Patterson for the a thousandth time um, since it was done about two weeks ago, but I couldn't get over the fact that he was like, I don't care about how many sacks these guys had in college. I don't care about if they're in the SEC, if they're in the Big Ten, if they're in the ACC. Uh, I just want to see what I like in terms of athleticism and the body type that he's looking for. The rest he's going to figure out as a coach, and these guys just have to buy in. So if this guy comes in, buys in the way a Daniil Hunter did, 
You have Patrick Jones the second as well, a similar body type out of the University of Pittsburgh. I think these two pass rushers are going to be players that you really want to watch in training camp. That is going to be a key time for them to get in in the building and buy into the plan or not. Yeah, and, and those guys coming in by again is only going to make a DJ Wanham better. Yep. It's only going to make a Stephen Weatherly better. So adding that competition, it, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what DJ Wanham does in year two because now he has he has experience. But I mean, let's be real, he has pressure too. Yeah, and pressure only bursts pipes or it makes diamonds. And I think we're going to see who the real DJ Wanham is this year. And I'm excited for him because. He gets to team up with, with with a few more young guys, and all three or four of those guys get to learn from Daniel Hunter. And just like Mike Zimmer says, you can never have too many <laughs> pass rushers. I think every single coach in the NFL would agree with that. And when you have the competition at that position, that was something that we were certainly lacking last year, <laughs> to say the least. So I think Mike Zimmer will be the first one to admit that. Uh That'll do it for for this segment of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And with that, we're going to bring in Vikings senior editor and staff writer Craig Peters joining the show. I cannot wait for you guys to take a listen to this. All right, we're back. Minnesota Vikings podcast. We have heard from Eric Smith. We've heard from Lindsey Young. We've heard from all our writers except for Craig Peters, our senior editor. Craig, you're on top of all the undrafted free agent lists, all the undrafted guys each and every year, which is stellar, stellar work because a lot of people don't hear about these guys. But before we get to some of these undrafted guys, I, I got to get your takes on the NFL draft because I feel like you were the only person I haven't asked this question to. Oh, what a, what a fun few days. Wasn't it so great to uh, have so many people back in the building for opening night, love to trade down. That's that's what I woke up Thursday morning kind of hoping for in in what could be the best for the Vikings and Deland Derisaw at 23 pick up two picks right in that sweet spot. Rick Spillman kept talking about the sweet spot of this year's draft. You know, some years the strength might be a little bit at a different part, but he he really liked that area. You have four picks in the top 90. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Uh, just just some intriguing names as, as Saturday rolled on and can't wait to, to see them all in action as well. And the greatest thing is – on-field football is coming back in <laughs> May 2021. How about that, fellas? <laughs> That's right. When you see on-field football, which obviously minicamp is coming up, so we're super excited. What Vikings draft pick are you most excited to see out on the field? It doesn't have to be Darisaw. Maybe you can go with an under under the radar type of guy, but what player are you most excited to see out there? Darisaw. Oh man, there, there's so <laughs> many great ones. Like I, I just I'll go with. Jalen Twyman really intrigues me on the interior rusher because that was something that has been a point of focus for the past couple of seasons after, after Sheldon Richardson left. And so that's, that's been noticeably absent from the defense. And I think that so much of Minnesota getting back to the Minnesota Vikings that we've kind of come to know around here uh, involves pressure up front. So I'm, I'm really curious about that. And then, uh, I mean, we, we've all got to see this this tight end. It was the fifth rounder, Zach Davidson, uh, six seven, and moving like that. I'm I'm so intrigued to see what um, you know a, a coordinated giraffe looks like. <laughs> yeah, very true. And I mean, those two guys, Zach Davidson, pick number ten for the Vikings, Jalen Twyman, the last pick number eleven uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, and then you know everybody's cheering Huron. But there are undrafted free agents that we still got to talk about. And we knew going into undrafted, well, UDFA, 
that the Vikings needed to address the kicker position and possibly the long snapper position, and they did so starting with Turner Bernard. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you got the long snapper out of San Diego State, 51 games, uh, two-time All-Stater in high school in Arizona, Mer- un- Under Armour All-America game, All-American game participant. So long, long history there. Uh, we'll compete with uh, Andrew, uh, the veteran, and uh, who who I thought did a, a nice job in a tough situation coming in midseason last year. Definitely a professional uh, kicker spot that that's intriguing too. Riley Patterson was at the recent Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Memphis has has had a good history of of yielding some kickers, and you know another fifty one games there, four hundred thirty two points, second in scoring in school history. Uh, lo- love that. And then uh, recently, what have you done for me lately, right? Um, he had a 47-yard walk-off against Houston in December. Um, so that that's good. And I know that coaches probably spend a good bit of time watching in, in uh, the personnel department meeting with him at the Senior Bowling Mobile since that was so valued this year. And then the punter, too. I mean, what a, what a find there, right? Um, so a former uh, minor league baseballer for six seasons, he wasn't drafted in the NFL draft, but he was drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. That's uh, a story. That's a story. Pirates. So, uh, and then, uh, so he's 30 years old. He'll bring a little different perspective to it as he competes with Britton Colquitt. So that, that's an intriguing find, too. The thing I love about him, and Vikings fans should love this, his career punting yardage at LSU, 84-84. Wow. It's 44 0. The net matters more, I suppose, for punters. But, you know, anytime a guy has 84 84, that's special for purple and gold, yeah. right? You Very. can always depend on Craig Peters for a stat like that. I mean, he's got, <laughs> when it comes to the numbers like that, he's, he knows more than anybody when it comes to Vikings and especially Vikings history. Um, that's why we're having you on for these undrafted guys. Cause you, you've done all the research, you know, it all. And, and we've seen how many of these players have actually made the Vikings roster over the years and been big time players like the Anthony Harris's of, of the world, uh, the Eric Wilson's, etc. Um, looking at some of these linebackers though, I see an Ohio state player. I see a guy from Idaho. Tell us a little bit about those two players. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love uh, Tough Borland and and Christian Ellis. Uh, his, his name or his name or his play. Tough, Tough Borland is by far I mean, the best you can't name. Can't make that up. <laughs> can, can there be a better name for a linebacker? I mean, <laughs> tackle Borland, Tough Borland. I like Tough better than tackle, actually. But yeah, fifty-one games there, and uh, the thing that really popped my eyes was three-time captain. And that's uh, only the second player in school history, along with JT Barrett, to have that distinction. So, you know, the intangibles of leadership are there. Tough was listed at 229 pounds and Christian at 228. So that's that's a little bit more of the modern NFL weight that's being thrown around to help uh, in pass coverage for linebackers, too. It'll be really interesting to do a little bit deeper dive with with each of those guys. With Ellis, uh, you know, his father, uh played in uh, several seasons in the NFL with Detroit and Denver, two-time pro bowler. And then uh, his brother, Caden was a seventh round pick in 2019 too. So the, I know, I know that there, there might not be as many recruiting trips to Idaho in particularly like COVID times, but you can, you can say that the pedigree is there. The experience is there. The game probably wouldn't be too big for him with all that family history. And then while we're, we're talking about sons of NFL players, let's throw out the, the receiver too. Uh, Blake Prohl, his father Ricky played 17 seasons. So that's, that's part of this 
undrafted class too. And he, he's in the mix with two other receivers. And I think that um, those are, those are going to be interesting things to watch too. Yeah. I mean, Watt failure is another, the other wide receiver that the Vikings picked up in undrafted free agency and what, what another name, right? I feel like Rick is, is picking names before he I looks at the these film. names on the website <laughs> and, the other day. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I like a couple of them are from big schools too, which was yeah. just hilarious. Yep. Watt failure, <laughs> Indiana. I mean, Myron Mitchell, UAB, who impressed in the Senior Bowl this past year. Do you have any more insight on one, either one of those two receivers? Uh, well, first of all, WAP. You know, I, I love I love the nickname. He's born Elias D'Angelo, but just couldn't stop going to to meet up with the Burger King during his youth, and uh, it, it, that's how he got the name. But two thousand yards wow. at Indiana, so that's that's impressive. Five eleven, one eighty. So like a little bit of the smaller uh, type. And then uh, Mitchell's listed at 6'1", 180. So neither guy's uh, super big. Mitchell transferred to UAB, two seasons there. He caught 63 passes, 909 yards. That's nice. Uh, nice average of 15.7 with seven scores. And then also handled some uh, some kickoff return duty, which is another aspect that we we're talking about. You know, we talked about the the, the specialists per se, but the, the kick return and punt return game are areas of emphasis too. And I'm really excited to see uh, what Coach Ficken and Coach Steeples have in store for that whole unit because that was another area that the Vikings clearly earmarked where things have to improve in 2021. While we're on the, those skill position players, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the running back from Kentucky, a senior A.J. Rose uh, seems like he's had a lot of uh, a lot of carries over there in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's some guys that know how to hit too. Um, <laughs> so, forty four games wears it well though. Six one two fourteen. So um, you combine him and you combine uh, Kenny out of Iowa State, and those are those are two big running backs the Vikings added this this uh, spring. But yeah, so nineteen seventy one yards on the ground, thirteen touchdowns. That's that's nice, uh, respectable for sure. And uh, the the most unique. I'm trying to think about if I've ever written about a player on a team I've covered that's an Eagle Scout. Uh, I just don't remember that being part of a player's bio, but he's there. So uh, uh, maybe he can get some merit badges in the NFL as well. Yep. And I think rounding out the undrafted free agent list is Zionde Johnson, defensive tackle from Cal, and then the kid from Oregon, Jordan Scott. Any any insight on both of those guys? Jordan Scott was widely recruited. He's uh, He stands at 6'0 and 3'11, which uh, is actually about the – the same, I believe, as Twyman oh was listed yeah. as. And then uh, 13 tackles for loss, four sacks, 47 games. So that that's another impressive career in college. And then uh, with Johnson out of Cal, um, you know, he obviously teamed with Bynum at Cal for the Golden Bears. And and he stands a little taller. So leverage is going to be an interesting thing for, for him. But 6'4", 290, uh, nine and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. So... And, and Cal was limited in games this year, too, um, severely. So we'll, we'll see how, how that shakes out. But uh, you got to love the, the interior focus, um, both in the draft and in the undrafted process and reload uh, along the, the D-line. It's going to be a lot of players to look out for, from undrafted guys to the 11 selections. But there's another guy uh, that we haven't touched on, and it's a Zilstra brother. Uh, who anybody local in the Minnesota state area knows of the Zilstras. And obviously we had the older uh, of the two 
the Vikings were able to get him and, and bring him in for a few years. He's now on the Carolina Panthers, I believe. Uh, now we bring in his younger brother, who apparently is going to play tight end instead of wide receiver. Yeah, that's super interesting and uh, really looking forward to, to the tight end position. Uh, he had the single season records for receptions, yards, touchdowns in 2019. Shane went undrafted last season, didn't get to get in front of as many teams as he probably would have hoped for. So now he's he's bulking up a little bit. I think he's up to 230 now, probably want to get up a little more. Who knows? Uh, but like you just can't argue with someone that went past Thielen's name in the record books in Mavericks history with being a solid addition at this time of year and seeing what he can do. D2football.com, second team player and 227 career receptions with 54 touchdowns. Uh, he was he was at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center this week, signing his contract. Uh, he described uh, how he had, he had watched Vikings practice at Blakesley Stadium in 2017. I think he was going to be a sophomore at that. So it's, it's just got to be so super cool. I know how much we all enjoyed working with Brandon when he was here in 2018 and Brandon did everything he could put his best foot forward. Always was, was such a professional about it. And you always wish him well going forward too, but super excited to see what Shane has to offer. And I think he's, it's, it's definitely more complicated than one imagines. I'm, I'm sure when you, you, move inside and get in line and then you have to start doing a combination block on a d end i mean you know so there 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 could be quite a bit and then the other aspect of all of this that i'm so excited about is seeing what clint kubiak has in store for the offense with with tight ends and and uh receivers beyond adam and justin so i'm super excited to see how that all fits together and hope I think that everyone will be. Yeah, excited for sure. And it's always good to get a feel-good story like a guy like Adam Thielen and you you got the new receiver now. So it'll be it'll make for a great competition, put it that way, in training camp. But lastly, speaking of, you know, rookie minicamp, training camp, and so on and so forth, what are you most looking forward to from these position battles? I think the fact that players are going to be on the field again learning from these coaches. I think that the, the coaches are going to, like have trouble hiding how glad they are to be out there. You know, I mean, we all know Coach Dre and how much he loves working directly one-on-one with with young men and developing those players. And coaching is so much teaching and relationship building. And they've, they've all been through so much in the past year of trying to adapt and learn on the fly and, and change their approach. But I, I think just early on, you know, and, and I mean, things will change once pads go on around camp and everything like that. But just early on, just the experience of seeing guys play football again is is the the, the biggest thing. Well, that's Vikings.com senior editor Craig Peters. Craig, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. All right. Well, that was Vikings senior editor Craig Peters does everything written wise on vikings.com as well as the vikings playbook on game days he's the man behind that so thank you again to craig peters for bringing his knowledge and his stats thank you again to gabe henderson and of course producer jay nelson a few things i want to run through before we get out of here i want you guys to pencil in another edition of the vikings vantage that will be on kfan on thursday night at 6 30 p.m 
Myself and Gabe Henderson will be breaking down everything from the Vikings draft class with the Draft Network's Jordan Reed. This guy knows his Minnesota Vikings. He knows his Vikings draft prospects. Such good information in this interview, so check that out at 6.30 on KFAN on Thursday night. And also, don't forget, the NFL schedule will be released in less than a week on May 12th. We will have all of the information on the upcoming announcement of the team's official 17-game season. You'll know when the Vikings are playing where, when they're playing the Packers at home, when they're at Soldier Field on the road. You will get that all on Vikings.com on May 12th when the NFL releases the full schedule. Well, thank you guys so much. We are so excited to have the schedule released and look forward to that Vikings rookie minicamp coming up. That'll do it for this edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We will see you next week.